Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. He's Greg down in Florida. I'm Nick here in Sacramento. 115 degrees today in Sacramento. Yeah, it's been a little hot. It's the uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by Athletic Greens. Your one-stop shopping for 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and more. Uh, Help you start your day right, of course. And uh, betonline.ag, fastest, easiest way to bet on sports. Well, it's here, Greg. It is the beginning of the football season. We're excited. We've been waiting. Uh, Kicks off, of course, tonight. We're recording this Thursday. It just kicked off between the Rams and the Bills. I uh, am DVRing the football game so I can catch up after we're done recording this. But we're all excited. We're all pumped and jacked. You are in South Florida getting ready for Dolphins, Patriots, your old stomping grounds down there in South Florida. Uh, Interesting practice observations. Anything you've seen leading up to this game, Greg? Yeah, Nick, what's what's interesting is that, uh, you know, so basically for people who don't know about the first 10 minutes of practice are, are open to us with the media. And of course, Bill Belichick knows all this. And normally we don't see much at all. It's stretching, maybe some individual stuff. But the, the two days of practice, Wednesday and Thursday, that have been open to us, the offense has actually gotten to work while the defense is doing individual stuff. The offense yesterday, right in front of us, they were running a bunch of single back two tight end uh you know going through running plays but also very quick short passes uh condensed formations bunches um very interesting for us to see at this point and then uh today on the further field they were a little bit further away from us but uh the offense busted out into no huddle tempo uh Shotgun spread. Ty Montgomery is the running back. Uh, I think both tight ends were on the field. Um, Aguilar, Devontae Parker. No, excuse me. Uh, just one tight end. So I think it would have been Hunter Henry because Jacoby Myers was out there also. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's something that we don't normally see out of them. Could Belichick just be doing this as, hey, I know the media is going to be out there. Let's throw the Dolphins off. You just, you never know. Uh, you know, at this stage, but to me, it was interesting. I do think both sort of approaches that we've seen the two days, uh, the quick, short passing game, single back running stuff, and then also the tempo shotgun spread. I think those are things that the, that the Patriots are going to do opening weekend, or at least have in their arsenal to, uh, you know, counteract some of the struggles that they've had 
uh, with the offense so far. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You know, I'm expecting a lot of two tight end sets this year. Maybe yeah. I'll end up being wrong, but you know, we thought that was going to be the case last year. It wasn't so much. I believe that's because John didn't really pick up the offense as quickly as they wanted him to. Uh, he should be ready this year. And I would think uh, two tight end sets would be a big part of this offense, which is another reason why when we discussed it last week, you know, the, the thin tight end depth chart here is, is fascinating to me. If you're going to play a good portion of two tight end offense, especially with Hunter Henry's history with his injury issues. Um, so I, I know this has been a conversation somewhat here and there in new England, whether or not this trip was worth it to get, to get down to, uh, South Florida early, as early as Belichick did. Do you think it was worth it getting down there earlier than usual? Well, I'll put it this way. I, I don't think it hurts things. And um, I think the Patriots are something like two and seven in their last nine games down here. Uh, they've lost three, three straight to the Dolphins overall. Um, you know, they've had a tough time with this team. And, um, you know, while I don't think the practice facility is the greatest in the world, everyone's seen the picture of the 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 one puny <laughs> goalpost that's not even regulation <laughs> size. That's, you know, they're using sandbags and rope to keep it up. Um, and it was the same thing on day two. Um, and do I think they had some better options around? Yes, but I think security was probably paramount in Belichick's mind. And, and I don't even think this is that great for that, but it's better than a lot of other options. I, I do think, I do think practicing in this heat and humidity for a couple of days, I do think it can only help because I do think, you know, you know, you could say, yeah, it was really hot in New England this summer and, and humid. And it was um, not only did Belichick not know that when they booked the trip, but, you know, this week in New England, the weather has been different. It rained for like three straight days. Uh, now, today, it was about 70 degrees. And I think that's supposed to be, it might climb up a little bit towards the end of the week. But still, it's not, you know, if they were there going through 70 degrees and then coming down in the 95 degree heat. I mean, I, I give Belichick credit. It's not like they're coming down here and practicing at 10 o'clock in the morning. No. They're practicing at one o'clock right. in the afternoon, which is when kickoff is. So they're simulating what it's going to feel like. And I do think, you know, even like little things, Nick, like the amount that you sweat and like, you know, carrying the ball with that sweat that, that develops on your skin, it's, it's different down here than it is anywhere else. So I, you know, if, if I'm Devin McCourty, do I love it being away from my family and not knowing where we're going, you know, uh, up until a couple of days before? No, but I think at the end of like I asked Devin today whether he liked it or not. And he was like, I like winning. And basically he was saying, if this leads <laughs> us to a victory, I'll do anything. And that goes for his family, too. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned it. They've been so bad in Miami. Honestly, who the hell cares? Like, shake it up a little bit. Do something different. It's week one. You've got the extra time to get down there. Might as well just try something new because everything you've tried before hasn't necessarily worked. So I don't really get the big deal about it. If, if anybody feels like it's like this big deal, I, I don't. Like you said, I don't think there's anything that would necessarily get in the way. And I think nothing but good could come from it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I don't know what to try in next season down in Miami. I have no idea. Maybe practice barefoot. Do I don't know. Take I don't know what you can do, but you might as well try to shake it up and do something different because you've been awful down there. Uh, all right, let's get into this game. Let's get into Miami. 
when you look at the Dolphins, Greg, things to worry about with this football team if you're the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, for sure, the, the weapons on their own. They, they just have so many. I mean, from the running backs, they have a – whether it's, you know, Chase Edmonds and they have, you know, Mozart, the, the, the running back who used to be in San Francisco, he's fast as hell. The tight yep. end, Gesicki, even though I heard he has not had the greatest of training camps and there's been some talk about him possibly being traded, like he's not a good fit for this offense. You know, he's a good player, especially in the red zone. And then, you know, the, the, the receivers that you have to worry about, I mean – you know, everyone knows about Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddles in his second season, Cedric Wilson from Dallas. I mean, they even have this kid, this this fourth round pick, er, uh, Eric Izukanama, whatever his name is. He's good, too. And so they just have weapons like all over the place. And you just wonder, you know, can the Patriots hold up against that type of arsenal, even if it's, you know, even if it's two or throwing the ball. So, you know, you worry about that. And then up front, I think, you know, not having Byron Jones, the cornerback is a big deal. It's causing some shuffling for them in yeah. the secondary, you know, which, which yep. causes issues. But I do think the dolphins are really good up front, you know, with Christian Wilkins and Raquan Davis is back this year. Jalen Phillips, who was a first round pick last year is supposedly looking like a monster, in this training camp, Ogba's a good player. So I think I worry about blocking their front and then also containing their weapons. Those are the two areas where I'm most worried. Uh, to go along with the weapons, the speed. I mean, yeah. when we think about what the Patriots tried to accomplish this offseason defensively and what you and I talked about throughout the entire time was – Team speed, team speed, team speed. The Patriots have been slow. They've been slow to the football. They've been slow sideline to sideline. They've been slow tracking down running quarterbacks like Josh Allen. It was this idea that defensively they had to get much quicker and have more speed on that side of the football. They're going to be tested right out of the gates, like you said, Greg. Mostert is a burner. There's no doubt about that. Waddle is a burner. We know about Tyreek Hill. Wilson has some wheels. So if you want to see if this defense is quicker, is more a little bit more athletic, better sideline to sideline, especially at the second level, you're going to figure that out rather quickly here in the first half of this football game on Sunday because they have speed for days on that Miami side. The McDaniel zone run scheme is always something that you got to be prepared for. He's, he's yep. from the Shanahan system. Yep. That's why they brought in Mostert, who was with him in San Francisco. They're going to run that zone scheme. Now, is it a little bit better for the Patriots defense because they ran a little of that zone scheme in the, in the preseason and, and ran it during training camp? Maybe. Maybe the Patriots defense will be better prepared for that kind of run scheme. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. And, and I would also agree with you. I, I think they do have a decent defensive front. I, I don't think it's a top 10 front, but they got a pretty good front, and they've got a couple of guys that can make some plays. So those would be three things that I'd be looking at Nick, uh, as the, far as the, the running sure. game thing that you bring up. That's that's extremely valid. And I don't think enough people are talking about it. I mean, we're talking, you know, not only do you get the McDaniel and the, and the Shanahan run game, which has given the Patriots fits in recent years. Right. Like I remember when the Niners came in and basically it was it was no oh. contest. I mean, they ran circles around the Patriots Awful. and, you know, even this Dolphins team. Last year, I think twice they ran for like, you know, almost 200 yards 
in each game against the Patriots and the Dolphins weren't even good at running the ball last year. And like, they've made heavy investments on the offensive line. They bring in the new system. They have, you know, running backs that can, that, that are good, that are upper echelon sort of running backs. And you, you know, if, if you get too worried about Tua and the weapons, like, you know, the Dolphins can just run the ball all day on you if they want to. And so, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on going into this game. Yeah. And they brought in Armstead, right. From the saints, one of the best, if not the best offensive lineman that was available in the, uh, in the free agency period. So he's their big left tackle for uh, Tua, not blindside, of course, because Tua is left-handed, but you know, he's on the left side there. So that was a nice little pickup for, for Miami to try to solidify that offensive line. Because as you mentioned, Greg, you know, last year they, they ran through the Patriots. What, what did, what did Nick Saban say one time? It's like crap run through a, a tube or something like that. <laughs> I mean, they, they ran through the Patriots and, and their offensive line wasn't very good last year and their run game wasn't necessarily great last year. So they try to go out there, get Armstead to try to fix that up a little bit. So yeah, the run game something to look at. Uh, all right. Now, when you look at the Dolphins and, and you evaluate this football team, if you're Bill Belichick, what do you feel good about on Sunday, Greg? Yeah, a couple of different things. Um, I think there are going to be opportunities to win against their offensive line, some pressure points that they can exploit. I think the right tackle, Austin Jackson, former first-round pick who sort of bounced all over that line. Uh, He's a right tackle now. I think you put Judon over there and let Judon dominate him for 60 minutes. I think he can do that. The the center, Connor Williams, um, you know, good player, but had a bunch of issues snapping the ball during training camp. You know, I try to spook him a little bit, put Christian Barmore over him all the time, put a linebacker up there too. Who am I blocking? Who am I going to get in his head? I think they can exploit that. I think the two linebackers, Atlanta Roberts, who we know well, Jerome Baker, really athletic guy, but both are very hyper aggressive. And I think, you know, what the Patriots have been working on with their zone run game and boots and, you know, play action, I think could work really well against those linebackers once they get sucked in a little bit. And then, you know, a cornerback, you want to stay away from uh, Um, uh, Howard, Zvadian Howard. You want to stay away from him. He's one of the best in the league. Um, Yeah. And, you know, he's a guy who, when Devontae Parker was with the Dolphins, he used to dominate Parker in practice all the time. So you want to stay away from him. But, uh, you know, they lost Byron Jones like we talked about. They like Nick Needham, who's their slot cornerback. They don't like their other options at at third cornerback. So do they move Needham outside? Do they put somebody else in the slot? Whoever that third corner is, and you know, they're going to have a chance to make plays against. So, you know, those are three areas where I think the Patriots can can make some plays. Yeah, Xavier Harwood's good, man. He, he's, as you said, one of the better cornerbacks in football. So I, I would I would take your offensive line point and, and I would kind of double down on that. And one of the things when I look at Miami that I feel pretty good about is the quarterback. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Tua can't be good. But I would say, especially if you can get him off schedule, he's not an off schedule quarterback. He is on schedule, get rid of the football quickly, um, you know, slant routes, timing routes, things like that. That's what he does best. And everybody knows he doesn't have a rocket for an arm. You know, the Dolphins putting out the video of him throwing like a 50 yard pass and a a t shirt and and shorts. Whoop de doo. Who cares? (laughs) He, He doesn't have, he doesn't have a, you know, he's not a gunslinger, so to speak. Right. So it's all about timing. It's all about accuracy. 
if you are able to get to those pressure points that Greg brought up, you're going to get him off schedule and he will make mistakes and he will struggle. If you get him off schedule, I think that's how you slow this offense down. You, you attack Tua, you get in his grill and, and you, you rush him and you press him to try to make those mistakes and try to make plays because he, he's just not comfortable doing that. And that's before all the injuries that he had. So I think you got to get two off schedule. You, you mentioned Jones. Uh, I don't think their pass rush is fantastic. I don't think it's spectacular in any kind of way. So, you know, Phillips is good. Melvin Ingram, a little long in the tooth. Uh, he was available for, you know, for a bit there in the mm -hmm. offseason. I don't know if people believe that he's got a lot left. And finally, I'd bring up McDaniel. You know, look, yes, his run scheme could give the Patriots some problems, but let's not overlook this fact he's coaching his first game. This is the first game as a head coach that's going to matter in front of the home crowd against Bill Belichick. So I think that also plays a role. Do I think the Patriots win just because, you know, that's the case. No, but if I look at things that you could attack first time head coach, we'll see how he deals with that first game out of the gates. He might be great. He might mm -hmm. be not so great. Um, so the dolphins, when you look at this spread, Greg, they're favored by three and a half. Again, of course it's in Miami. It's the uh, dolphins minus three and a half. Who do you got? How you feeling? Yeah, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this game. I mean, I you know, I do think there's a definite path to victory for the Patriots in this game. And I do worry about, you know, the McDaniel factor, because um, as you said, I think he's a smart guy. I think, you know, he certainly learned a lot from Shanahan, but, uh, you know, everybody has a plan, you know, until you get, until you get punched in the mouth. And, you know, how yep. is he going to react when he gets punched in the mouth? I, we don't know. And we know that Belichick and, whatever you think of Matt Patricia and Joe judge, like they've been through it before um, all of them as head coaches. And so uh, I do think that they have an advantage there, but I just think, you know, these games in Miami take on a life of its own. It's, it's a tough setting that, you know, you can practice all you want, but going from a two hour practice to playing a three and a half, almost four hour football game against guys who have lived in this weather is something different. And I just think, I think the Dolphins just have a lot more speed on both sides of the ball. I just think they're more talented. And, you know, so in my mind, you know, it'll be a battle for a while. But I think in the end, the Dolphins, you know, bowl ahead and I have them winning 30-17. So you've got them winning by almost two touchdowns. Pretty comfortable win for Miami at the end of the day from you. Uh, I've got the Patriots plus three and a half. I do think they lose the game by a field goal. I think it's 2017. I do think they'll get to Tua. I do think they'll get him off schedule. Tyreek Hill, look, there's no denying what that guy can do with the football in his hands. And I, I think you'll see some Debo-esque stuff with him and McDaniel. I think they'll try to work some of that out, right? But I also think that Tyreek, you know, one of the things that Tyreek killed teams with was extended plays. You know, his ability to get downfield when things broke down, his ability to kind of, you know, catch that bomb every once in a while. Tua and Tyreek are going to work because you got to use the quick slant routes and just let them go. Right. And, and I yep. think that's what yep. you're going to see him do mostly, but those big plays, those, those game defining, I remember Ravens chiefs a few years ago, it's like a fourth and 17. I think the game was in Baltimore. Mahomes extends a play. He rolls to his right to the hash mark. He throws it across his body, across the field to the left side and Hill comes down with it and ends up getting like a 30 plus yard gain out of it on fourth and long chiefs end up going on and winning that game in Baltimore. 
those were the backbreakers. Two is not that guy. Two is not Mahomes. Two is not going to extend the play. So I think you've got to keep everything in front of you. You've got to be mindful that uh, they might take an occasional shot just to say, hey, we can at least throw the ball beyond 35, 40 yards. Keep it in front of you and make this a physical, demanding kind of football game and get into Tua's you know, kitchen, so to speak. I do think Miami wins, but I, I think it'll be tighter than, than you have it. Again, 2017, give or take a couple points here or there. If I was going to just throw a couple bucks on it, I would go Patriots plus three and a half. All right, before we get to uh, more Patriots thoughts, we got to look at this season. How do we feel where they'll end up? Are they a playoff team? Are they not a playoff team? How's the rest of the NFL shake out? And as you sit back and enjoy Greg Bedard's very Miami, very Miami polo that he's wearing with the <laughs> with the floral pink. His face has got some some sun on it. You can tell my man's down in Florida right now. Uh, but we, we got to get to we got to get to the athletic greens. Tell you about that. Then we're going to come right back and we'll jump into Patriots big picture for this season and the rest of the NFL. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to make sure I, I was getting all the vitamins and nutritional supplements that I needed in one place. Now I've been on it for two months now, and I love it. Even brought it with me on my trip. They have these nice little travel packs. It doesn't take, taste like a super healthy. It's kind of a mild tropical taste, a little minty, and I actually look forward to it each morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things you're looking for. I take it first thing in the morning. It's now part of my morning routine, and I'd be lost without it. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Bedard. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Bedard, B-E-D-A-R-D, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. AG1, baby, Athletic Greens. Again, that code is B-E-D-A-R-D. Talked about the game on Sunday. Let's talk about big picture now. 30,000 feet, Greg. What do you think this Patriots team does this year? Where do you have them finishing? Yeah, I went through the whole schedule, sort of, you know, went through my little season prediction thing, and I have them eight and nine this year. Um, I think there are definitely a couple swing games. What what surprised me, Nick, when I went through it, and I, and I went through every game the whole week, and you're just guessing, you know, here and there. Yeah, but you know what was amazing was, you know, I'm looking at the as you go through, you can see the conference standings, the divisional standings. And like, you're going through the year and like, there are a bunch of teams in the AFC that are like, that are really good. It could roll up yep. really big numbers. Like, I mean, you know, I have them eight and nine, but it, like, just for example, I switched a couple of games. Like I had them losing at home to the Colts and uh, there was the Vikings game on the road and Thanksgiving that I had them losing. And I switched those games and it still didn't get them into the playoffs. And, you know, even if I switched the Colts game and the Raiders game, which I had them losing um, on that West Coast trip, 
it still doesn't get them there anywhere. I mean, you know, it's stacked from the, you know, I had the Bills 14 and three. I mean, the Chiefs, the Colts, the Ravens, the Raiders, the Bengals. I mean, the Chargers yep. are 11 and six. And teams like I have the Dolphins and the Titans at 10 and seven just missing out. Broncos are nine and eight. They miss out. I mean, it's. It's a tough road to hoe in the AFC this year. And and that's why I think, to me, the most important games this year are going to be the conference games. Because I think it's going to come down to there's going to be a lot of teams jumbled together. Even if the Patriots have a winning record, it's going to come down to tiebreaker. That always starts with the conference record. And, you know, my first pass, pass through when I had them 8-9, I had them 5-7 and seven in the conference. And that's not going to be good enough. They, they're going to have to sweep the Dolphins. They're going to have to win against the Raiders and the Colts and like, you know, these other swing games in the conference. And so, you know, to me, I just I, I, I just I have a hard time detaching myself. I'm not saying it's going to be an outright disaster or anything because these guys will coach them up and they'll do, you know, what's needed on offense. But I just have a hard time believing in the changes that they made on offense that it's going to take hold quickly enough. But I do think like I had them with a one and three start, but then I have them winning four straight and them actually ahead of Buffalo in the standings. And I'm sure people will get all geeked up, but man, that <laughs> close of the season is something else. I had them at five and three and then going three and six the rest of the way. And so we'll see, you know, they, everyone knows they have that easy part of the schedule. Then what do they do coming down the stretch? Could they be a good team by then? Yeah, they could. We'll have to see. Shocker, you and I are pretty close. We, we were pretty close last year. We're pretty close this year. I've got them nine and eight. I've got them, you know, just breaking that nine and eight there. I, I It's tough to see them get to double digits. It's tough to see them get 10. Uh, maybe they find a way. I would not, you know, listen, I, I would never doubt Bill Belichick. He, he could He could always figure something out and get this team to 10 wins. But I feel comfortable looking at nine and eight. Uh, I think their floor is seven, eight wins. I think their their ceiling is nine, ten wins. That's kind of how I would look at it. So I agree with your general assessment of there's some swing games there, but nine and eight feels like a comfort zone to me. The AFC, you went through some of the teams. We'll go in a little bit more in depth in a minute, but the AFC is just, it is a beast. It, 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 when you look at these two conferences, it is tough to find, you know, two teams, three teams in the NFC that you feel really good about that you say, oh, they can win 12, 13 games and, and make a, a spectacular run. The AFC, you could argue four or five teams can have a season like that and make a run like that. The AFC is really deep and really talented this year. The division is better. I have concerns about the offensive line and until I see Trent Brown uh, several weeks in a row play at his level from a, a few years back. I'm not going to feel super confident about him until I see Isaiah Wynn get his ass straightened out and be out there and, and, and doing some things. I think the O-line is a question. The offensive staff is a question. I agree with you. Maybe Belichick, I'm sure he'll, he'll figure things out as the season goes. Maybe he takes over play calling eventually. I don't know what that's going to look like and, and feel like, but to start the offensive staff is a question and cornerback, you know, look, the, the, the rose colored glasses, you could say, oh yeah, Jack Jones, you know, he's got a ton of talent. He can end up making a difference. If Jonathan Jones doesn't work out on the outside, if, if Jalen Mills isn't as good as he was in the preseason, but I think you have questions, you know, I've never been a huge fan of Jalen Mills. We'll see if the preseason stuff and training camp stuff transitions to the regular season and he plays as well as he's played over the past couple of months, hopefully fingers crossed, 
Jonathan Jones on the outside is a new experiment. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh yeah, no, that's, they've got everything figured out. And you've got two rookies that you're going to, you're going to depend on an awful lot as well. And you've got Miles Bryant, who is a very small dude. And I think he'll be okay in the slot, but mm-hmm. you got questions mm-hmm. at cornerback. So I've got them at nine and eight. All right, let's run through uh, the playoff picture here. Let, let's start with the AFC, Greg, your division winners in that conference. Yeah, I have the Bills and I have the Bills, uh, the Chiefs, the Colts by two games over the Titans, and I have the Ravens by one game uh, over the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sound very familiar, uh, very similar. It's going to be a familiar <laughs> feeling. I've got the Bills in the East. I've got the Chiefs in the West. I've got the Ravens tight in the North. That division is going to be, you know, pretty interesting to watch. And I have Indianapolis. I'm pretty high on Indianapolis this year mm-hmm. with Matt Ryan. And uh, I just feel like Tennessee is on the downward slope. So yeah. I, I've got I've yeah. got Indy. I've got Indy uh, in the South as well. So we have the same division winners. Let's jump to the uh, NFC, Greg. NFC. I have the Bucks with a. I didn't know it was going to come out this way, but I had them 15 and two. Uh, I have I, I have the Niners winning the West. I have the Packers winning the North and I have the Eagles winning the, winning the East at 13 and four. So very similar again, I've got Tampa. That division sucks out loud, by the way. Yeah. The NFC yeah. South is brutal. People Carolina's- are like high on the saints. Do you see that? Like people no. are like, I don't see no. it either. No. Um. So yeah, that, that division's not very good. And we just talked about this, right? And, and this is going to bear it out as you as you kind of think about these teams and these division winners. So the the South is not good. The North isn't very good. No, I, mean, I don't know what to expect from Minnesota. Chicago, I don't think is going to be good. I don't think Detroit's going to be good. You know, Dan Campbell's crying during training camp practices. <laughs> what the hell are we doing there? Um, so the the North isn't good. Uh, the East, Carson Wentz with Washington. Uh, not going to get excited about that, right? Uh, you've got Philly, Dallas, and everybody else in the mix there. Uh, the Giants, I'm not a believer in Daniel Jones. So, you know, Brian Dable taking over. Good luck, Brian, with that. So I've got Philly in the East. I've got the Rams in the West. The West is the best division. Yep. I've got the Rams, I got the Rams uh, in the West. I've got Green Bay like you do and Tampa like you do. All right, so let's, let's look at the wild cards. So we know the AFC – we agree on the on the division winners: Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, Indianapolis. Your three wild card teams, Greg. I have two out of the West: the Raiders and the Chargers, and I have the Bengals um, in the North. What he said. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have the exact same thing. Char- I, I'm pretty high on the Chargers, man. It like if. I just don't believe in Staley enough. I know. Like, I was just going to say if, that. The, if it wasn't Staley. If, because that team is so talented. They bring in Mac. Now you've got two legit pass rushers, you know, that are just going to eat people's lunch. Uh, if Derwin James can stay healthy, which he hasn't been able to do, but it, they just have, they have a lot of talent on that football team. I think Herbert's just going to be fantastic. Spectacular this year. Austin Eckler's really good. The receivers are really good. Um, I really like the chargers, but yeah, Staley scares me a little bit. So that's why I went with Kansas City. Vegas, I agree with you. Uh, you know, Chandler Jones has to stay healthy. Max Crosby is a stud. Uh, they have questions 
yeah. in the second yeah. and third levels. Um, so, and they also have a question, you know, they got, they got a number of questions on the offensive line. So I don't think it's going to be a picnic, no. but their, their offense, their, their skill position players. We talked about this last week are so good. Um, you know, I think Vegas sneaks in and I, I do like Cincy Joe Burrow's just too damn good. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I think that they'll take a slight step back this year, but I do like Cincinnati. So I've got the same three wild cards, NFC wild cards. I have the saints Rams and Cowboys. Okay. So I, I flipped the Rams with the Niners. So you have the Niners winning the division. I have the Rams winning the division, but I do have the Niners getting in. Uh, I've, I've, I talk, you know, about the Niners every day out here in Sacramento, you know, the big questions, interior offensive line, they got three new faces and Trey Lance is obviously the, the biggest question, what to expect from him. They've had some injuries in the secondary that could be a problem, but their defensive line should be okay. Uh, their linebackers, you could argue the best linebacker tandem in, in, in all of football. Uh, so, you know, and scheme wise, they've always been able, even without Salah, they didn't, you know, D'Amico Ryan's did a good job last year. So, you know, their defense should be good enough and their run game with Shanahan is always good. No matter who the hell I could run the ball and maybe get 800 yards with this offense. So I got San Francisco, I've got Dallas, even though, I'm not a big believer in McCarthy, uh, but I've got Dallas and I don't know, man, like to me, you got new Orleans. I got Minnesota. Do I feel good about it? No, I'm sure you don't feel great about new Orleans, but that, that again speaks to what we've talked about the conferences. Like if, if you look, I mean, come on, out of the teams, out of the teams, this will lead to our super bowl conversation pick, but out of the teams in the AFC and NFC, like if you look at it, I look at the AFC and I say, you could argue five or six of those teams could win a Super Bowl this year. Could. Like Kansas City, could, you would say they, they could win a Super Bowl, right, Greg? Yeah. Buffalo, obviously, could win a Super Bowl. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that, you know, the Colts could win a Super Bowl. I don't think it's crazy to say that the Ravens, if, if they can create some kind of a pass game in the postseason, could win. Mm-hmm. The Chargers, I think, are a dangerous team. And you've got the Bengals who were just there last season. I mean, you could argue, you know, five, six teams. The NFC, not so much. You know, it, so it's, it's, it's so clear to me when you break these conferences down, which one is the better conference. And unfortunately for the Patriots, it to me is by far the AFC. All right, Super Bowl pick. What, what is your Super Bowl pick, Greg? So I have the Bills over the Packers. I mean, you know, look, I, I gave up on Josh Allen. Not that, you know, we've been certainly over this a lot. But, like, you know, I just <laughs> needed to see Josh Allen become, a, you know, obviously I never denied his talent. But it was, you know, and, and, and look, the, between the win game in the first half in Tampa last year when they were down like 35 nothing, like it looked like him and the Bills were done. But what I saw from him in that second half at Tampa where they he almost brought them back to win the game and that sort of springboarded him and the team to the rest of the way. Like he won me over down the stretch like he was just he took another uh, the next step and he was always very good, very talented, but he took the next step to be elite. Um, I, I just think, you know, you add Von Miller into the mix. You know, I, they do have some issues at cornerback. I'd be interested to see Kier Elam the rookie who the Patriots passed on, how he developed this year. He could be the key to them winning big while the Patriots have cornerback 
issues all season. I mean, we, that could very well be the case, but I just think, yeah. I think the bills are that talented, that good that I think it's their time. It's now or never for them. And I think it's their time. It's now or never. Oh, I've man. got a, so I'm going with uh, I'm going with Buffalo too, man. It, it drives me crazy to pick the Buffalo bills, but I, I think they're the most complete team in the AFC. I think they're the most complete team in football. I've got them beating the Rams. Uh, you know, the Rams were kind of my, I'm left with who, <laughs> right? like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't, I can't pick, uh, I can't pick Jalen hurts to carry to, no. to bring the Eagles to the Super Bowl. I think the Eagles are better. I think they win the division, but I can't do that. I can't pick Aaron Rodgers not only because of history, but I, I think this is the most pressurized season for Rodgers since he took over as a starting quarterback for Favre. Like, there are major question marks at receiver. Alan Lazard was supposed to be his number one. He might not even play this weekend. Uh, you've got Randall Cobb and a bunch of rookies and young guys. Sammy Watkins is there, but Sammy has not ever been the Sammy we thought he was going to be. So there's some questions with, with Green Bay. They lost to Darius Smith. Um, and then you look at Tampa, I'm not going to doubt Brady, but they've already gone through a couple of significant offensive line injuries. Yep. Uh, Godwin's coming back from an ACL tear. There's no Gronk. Uh, so I, I think they've got some questions as well. I mean, even I'm Brady, just, I mean, you know, with what, whatever he's going through off the field, he he's now yep. starting to look his age where he always looked about 35 in training camp going into the season. And then, you know, you get ready for the inevitable aging, but like now he looks like he does at the end of most seasons already. How much is he going to have in the tank this year? It's a big question. I mean, we know Brady as well as anybody in the country knows Brady. He's not a guy that skips out. He's not a guy that misses training camp time. He's not look, you know, the, the you know optional stuff yeah he, he did that in new england but when when mandatory training camp starts the preseason starts this is the dude that's in the building this is the dude that's around he 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 wants his reps he grabs him by the throat he doesn't want anybody kind of sneaking up on him and he took a couple weeks off and look we don't have to get into the personal stuff because i don't think it's fair quite frankly what's going on i i, I don't think anybody needs to sit there and pontificate about his marriage that's 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 a you know going beyond where you need to go so whatever the situation is, he, he took a couple of weeks off in the middle of training camp. And so, yeah, I mean, there, there's some questions about, you know, if you, if you stay away from the marriage stuff, it, it's all from just the retiring and then unretiring. So how's he feeling about that now? Is he, is he having a little bit of regret? So there, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Again, uh, hopefully he's able to work on the personal life and everything goes well for him. Football wise, I do think there's some legitimate questions but he's always just kind of proven everybody wrong. So until, until he, he stops playing great, I'm not going to doubt the guy. Uh, before we get to our member question of the day, Greg, tell us about bet online. It's football season, baby. Look at them spreads. Look at them over unders. <laughs> football is back and bet online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info. This season, find all the latest football odds, news and game matchups, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Not 50, 100. 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 100. 
make sure to use the promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Before we get to the member question of the day, I, I do want to uh, just say thank you to everybody who watches this uh, on YouTube and everybody who listens to this. If you follow Greg on Twitter, and I'm sure you do if you're listening or watching the podcast, uh, Greg shared a note last week about about the podcast and, and where we kind of were last year compared to this year with a research project for, you know, that was that was released. And uh, we've seen some significant growth with this podcast. We jumped up one third, I think it was right. So mm-hmm. um, as, as far as the percentage of people that think about us when they think about Patriots podcasts, and that's all because of you. And, you know, I don't want to speak for Greg, but, you know, he, he gave me this opportunity and I have a hell of a great time doing it with him all year and, and every year. And it's the reason why I had this thing put in my contract when I moved out here to Sacramento. The only thing I had put in the contract, I said, you better put Greg Bedard's Patriots podcast that I can continue to do that. So thanks to everybody who watches and, and listens. And thanks to this guy, the, the, the floral wearing <laughs> red faced AT&T. If you're watching the podcast, the AT&T agent next to me. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, my man. You, I consider you a friend. And uh, yeah, it was it was exciting to see those numbers. So if you want to say something and take a bow, do it now. I just want to say, you know, yeah, thanks to everybody. I mean, we we uh, we went from like sixth place last year to second in the New England Sports Survey out of all podcasts, not just Patriots podcasts, all local podcasts. We're number two. Tom Curran, we're coming for you uh, next. You're next on the <laughs> list, buddy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's great. It's, it's great to see. And I was also honored with, uh, climbing up the writer's list as well, uh, being tied for third and up in my percentage. So, um, thanks for everybody for, for listening and being open-minded to listening to, you know, giving you the truth and, and not just blowing smoke up your rear ends, like giving you the truth about your team. We'll do that good, bad, or ugly, uh, no matter what happens with the Patriots this season. It'll certainly be interesting, and uh, look forward to having you guys along for the ride. Yeah, you guys and gals kick ass. Let's get to the uh, bossofsportsjournal.com member question of the day. Uh, $39.99 on the annual plan. You know the spiel. You, you can read all the writers they've got. Connor's great. Uh, Corrales working. The Celtics, Gallinari tearing his ACL. Hey. Uh, check them out, though. Of course, you've got Greg football season out. Video analysis, coaches film. The breakdown, baby. The, the, the breakdown, the, baby. The breakdowns on Tuesday and Wednesday with video. I mean, if you want to know what happened and why with the Patriots, you got to read it. Sign up. It's great stuff. So let's get to the question, Greg. What do you got for us? So VA Ronnie said, um, he said he talked about the offensive line, but then he got to his question. Will all the investment in team speed on defense bear fruit this season? I think it's a great question. I think I think first you need to – a lot of it we don't know. Like, do they have faster players? Yeah. How many are going to play this year? Like, you know, I, I think if you're looking for spots where they're hoping to upgrade this year, you're looking at linebacker next to Juwan Bentley. So is that going to be Raekwon McMillan? Is it going to be Mac Wilson? Is it going to be by committee? All those guys can run. How is it going to fit? Are they all that much faster if John Bentley's on the field, which he will be, just voted a captain? Um, you know, in the second, you know, at safety, Kyle Duggar obviously has speed. Will they unleash him? Will they figure out ways to use him more? Um, you know, will they incorporate Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings? Will those guys up the speed in terms of pursuit of the quarterback? I mean, I think that I think they do have pieces. At the end of the day, 
Belichick tends to rely on veterans and what he feels comfortable with. So I do have some questions about how, how much faster they will be, especially early on in the season. So, I mean, great question, but I think there's a lot to be determined uh, in terms of their defense and team speed and how they utilize that. Yeah. And as I mentioned it earlier in the podcast, this team coming up on Sunday, we'll see it early, right? <laughs> I mean, they got to go a very fast, very speedy football team, very speedy offense. So We'll see how it all shakes out. I'm happy. I'm pumped. I'm jacked. Football season's back. Greg, the guy breaking down everything. You want to see him on Tuesdays. You want to see him on Thursdays. You want to check out BSJ, BostonSportsChannel.com. We're going to do this podcast now twice a week because the football season's kicking off. I'm excited about that. You get twice. You get double the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast now as the football season goes. Uh, brought to you by Athletic Greens. Brought to you by BetOnline.ag. He's Greg. I'm Nick. We'll see what happens on Sunday. And, of course, next week we'll have all of your reactions.